You're listening to Pack Dynamics, a Fandom on the Rocks podcast. Hello, welcome to Pack Dynamics, a Fandom on the Rocks podcast. I am Emily. And I'm Allison. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, I'm very sleepy and my glasses broke today and I'm sad, but it's okay. Glasses are not forever and they need to be replaced and it, it was time. <laughs> Is it ironic or just a coincidence that I went to the optometrist this week and got a new pair of prescription sunglasses? For anyone out there who uses glasses like regularly, like on the daily all the time, please get a pair of prescription sunnies. It is like the coolest decision I ever made for myself. They're so fun. (laughs) They're so great. They're so adult and they're so useful. Like my vision insurance back in the day paid for my prescription sunglasses. And I was like, this is it. This is the peak of being an adult. I've done it. It's this. I now have three pairs of prescription sunglasses because my company has really good vision insurance. That feels like too many. It's not though. Okay. So one, one pair is old, right? It's like they're older. So they're my like outdoor gardening. I don't care if they fall off my face into a pile of like compost. Okay. That's valid. They're gardening sunnies. And then one pair is kind of, they're the last year's pair. Okay. <laughs> and they're, they're kind of like, they're not fancy, but they're a little like, oh, I'm surprised Emily bought those frames. Okay, fair. And then fair. the ones I just bought are like, no, I can absolutely, I'm, I'm, I see that Emily bought those frames. <laughs> I have my one pair of prescription sunnies and I look so much cooler than I feel. Mm-hmm. Totally. No sunglasses. Like I become this like fancy, sophisticated like woman. I'm like awesome. I want to be this person all the time. I want to be the kind of person who wears these sunglasses. And then I have to remember in a weird meta conversation that I have with my own brain that no, Allison, you are the woman who <laughs> bought those sunglasses. That it you. Mm-hmm. It, it's you. That yeah. was you. You did that. You are. It's done. The second pair of sunglasses are the ones where I look like my rich husband mysteriously died and I've continued on with his fortune. Do I need to cultivate that look for my new glasses? I think so. It's a fun look. It's such a fun look. Like, you know, it's one of those like the higher the hair, the closer to the Lord kind of problems. Mm-hmm. You just, your glasses just need to get bigger. Yep. Because they just do. You have to look like you might be dangerous to someone else if they talk to you too long at a function. Uh, It's such a a self-protecting vibe that I love. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's that's that pair. And this pair is like I'm cruising down the freeway doing 85 and a 70, but the cops aren't going to pull me over anyway. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. I love that for you. Well done. Gold star. It's also because I'm white, but Uh, they weren't going to pull me over anyway. We know how how policing and profiling works. Big yikes. Yep. All right. Is there pro- I was gonna say segue profiling Teen Wolf cops small town? There's a connection somehow here. Somewhere, with, somewhere. Somewhere. We're gonna we're gonna find it. So I personally have been super excited to get back into Teen Wolf, and I saw this episode, and I'm like, I get it, but it is not my favorite episode. Mm. It's just not. There's a lot of cute stuff in it. But it was just not my favorite. I'll fill in no killer. Yeah. Except for the mountain lion. <laughs> yes. Well, this is episode I'll filler five. one killer. I'll filler one killer. Well, this is episode five, The Tell. The quick summary is while Scott continues his hunt for the alpha beast, there's another attack in town. And this time there's a witness. Actually, I think there are two witnesses. Meanwhile, werewolf hunter Kate taunts Derek, which is putting it lightly. Yeah. This episode aired June 27th, 2011. All right. So we cold open at a blockbuster. I know it's not a blockbuster, but in our hearts, it's a blockbuster. No, hold on a second. The inside of that was a blockbuster. This is a, yeah. a, a blockbuster who went under and got purchased by some other person and they just renamed the store. The yeah. blue and yellow paint. Like I know. It, um, that's why that's why my notes were like they're in a blockbuster and then the outside it said like videos, videos and shit. And I was whatever. like, no, no, that inside is definitely a blockbuster. That's a blockbuster. Um the thing that either I was too young to notice, or by the time or like and I lived in like a big enough place, maybe that this like wasn't a thing, or maybe I was just like totally too small to have noticed it, was there was a door and in the back of the shop that said mature. 
on it. (laughs) You could rent porn at this blockbuster. And I was like, I keep forgetting that people walking the earth today (laughs) Mm -hmm. could could physically rent tapes and DVDs of porn. I just, I I know that it happened. I've just never seen it happen. So there was a, a video store down the street from me when I was growing up at like four or five blocks down the street. And as a kid, I was allowed to walk there because it was a straight shot from the house, right? You just straight shot down the street. And I could tell you the name of it, but it's gone. And I don't don't want to call anybody out, even though I'm sure the owners are dead now. But as I got older, because they knew me, they let me rent like PG-13 and R-rated videos because like one time I took a note from my (gasps) mom, from my parents that was like, Emily gets to rent whatever she wants. (laughs) <laughs> and I just handed them a note and they were like, yeah, okay, that's fine. We know your parents it's just fine. because it was just a family run video store. That's adorable. But they had, it was bare, I guess it was in the back, but it was also kind of off to the side, like swinging saloon doors to the awesome. porn. So it was like, you know, there was a gap at the top and a gap at the bottom, but they were swinging saloon doors to the mature adult section, but it was just, it was just porn back there. Fantastic. But yeah, they would let us, you know, me and my friends could go in and rent whatever the fuck we wanted <laughs> because like it's a DVD or well, actually it was a tape. It was a it was tape. A, yeah. It was a video and it uh, didn't matter because I had taken a note once when I was like eight <laughs> <laughs> and now it's a dance studio for rich people, like for rich kids, like they probably video wouldn't store back. You, like rent videos from them. No, I don't Do think I could. Hi, do you have the new Avengers movie? Ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am, get the fuck out of here. Ma'am, this is a dance studio. Yeah, but it used to be. I know. Um, it's my little block of stores that are slowly becoming other things. Yeah. There's the cafe that is one store over from it. it used to be called Robertino's and it was run by this like stereotypical Italian man. Cool. Robert. <laughs> and now it's it's still a cafe, but it's run by hipsters. And they never change the ceiling. So the ceiling is painted this like Baroque-esque sky. It's like baby blue with puffy clouds. Adorable. I love that. So like the rest of it has kind of been changed. There's like weird art on the walls for sale from people around town and all this kind of stuff. But the, the ceiling is still like bright sky blue with fluffy clouds that has been there since the 90s. I love it. And I want to be like, you know why that's painted like that, right? Because an old Italian man was here one day. So speaking not at all of Italian men, we get Jackson and Lydia. Arguing over the notebook. Jackson is desperately pitching. What is it? Hoosiers? I think so. Yeah. I have never seen for what it's worth. I believe that the best sports movie of all time is The Replacements. Oh, um, okay. Starring Keanu Reeves. All right. All right. (laughs) fantastic but i haven't seen hoosiers so you know what <laughs> i can't i can't say for sure interesting interesting and in a quintessential will they won't they 90s teen drama he has to know, rent the notebook he has to rent the notebook <laughs> so i'm watching this like set and the set decoration and i'm having this copyright infringement moment are any of these movies real i don't remember the movies so like any of the movies on the wall and like all the movies on the shelves like i would imagine like today they would have to be fake movies unless they came from a larger property bank oh maybe i think they're all real though and like definitely we get to a thing a little later where i get to answer my own question because there are some real movies kind of in the shot but i was just like huh i wonder i wonder if they're real (laughs) yeah i think i think they're real Someone go grab a, a clip. So grab grab a, a still. <laughs> Zoom in and enhance. Yeah. Yeah. And Jackson is still rocking some serious scars slash open wounds on the back of his neck. Poor kid. He hasn't. I don't think he's gotten any Neosporin on those. No, he has not. It's, it's also, I don't know what day of the week this is supposed to be, but there is nobody else in this video store. No, not at all. Which is troubling and there's also no worker in this video store and that is because he is dead on the ground murder 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 do we remember how this guy is related to the rest of the people that were murdered i don't at this point i don't either no Mm -mm. i'm sure that he is related but i just i don't remember like the bus driver he's a wage worker and that means he gets murdered bummer yeah bummer 
So can we please give an enormous shout out to the smartphones of 2011 with Lydia's selfies in the car? She was taking such terrible photos for being so pretty. She, those photos were horrendous. And like, I just, I want to just give her so many props. I'm like, you're trying your best with the technology that you have. You are trying. Yeah. (laughs) We are figuring this out as we go along. She was not working her angles. She was not working her angles, but it is, I had some, some serious flashbacks to 2011 cell phones and the, the screens and the cameras I had in college. One of the, like, remember the chocolate phones? They like slid up and down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had the pink one, the strawberry. Yep, yep. Because of course I did. And like the screen on that is just, it's so small. And I remember like we would try to take pictures on our phones and you would like pull up the picture. You're like, what is that? And, like, I, yeah. I don't know. I think I had, I had one of the Motorola flip phones. Mm. Was it a Razor? Yeah. I think I, a, I think I had one of the old Razors. The thin ones. Yeah. 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 And before that, I just had like a brick, you know, one of the bought at a <laughs> at a video store, right? You just bought it at like a yeah. AT&T or wherever. Y'all. Mm-hmm. You could change so, the covers on it. Oh, man. You could keep things in the back case. Mm-hmm. Love that. Hell yeah. So Jackson's walking in. He's trying to find the notebook. The store is empty and it's disheveled and he finds this corpse and we're like, oh, man. So Jackson's in the store feeling a lot of feelings and freaking out and Lydia's in the car taking selfies And who does Jackson come face to face with but the scary red-eyed alpha beast? Yep. Dun, dun. And so Jackson goes and like runs behind the shelves. And this is where I see the real movies. So Jackson hides right next to a shelf with a reportedly phenomenal vampire movie called Let the Right One In. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the fellow was watching it with me. He's like, oh, Let the Right One In, that movie's amazing. And it's the original. And he had a lot of really positive feelings about it. (laughs) But the one that I giggle about just a little bit is the movie next to that is Severance. Is there a movie of Severance? Like on the shelf, on the one side of Jackson is Let the Right One In, on the other side is Severance. And I'm like, is this a joke about cutting werewolves in half? Oh. (laughs) Is that a joke? (laughs) Could be. I don't know if it was a joke, but I caught a joke. <laughs> I just double checked, and both of those movies came out before 2011, so they would have been on the shelves. They would have been on the shelves. Fantastic. Because sometimes set directors fuck those things up. Sometimes, but not this one. The set deck staff, we love you. We appreciate you. Well done. Shout out set deck. So the alpha is showing incredible interest in Jackson and. Jackson gets like pinned down in all the the shelves that all fall down. And the alpha like comes up to him and like starts to like scratch at the claw marks on his back. And I'm like, what does the alpha why? First of all, mm-hmm. why? <laughs> what you doing, <laughs> sir? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little like <laughs> hmm. <laughs> it just seems like a really, really elaborate way to point out that Jackson still has like holes in his neck. Yeah. And then the thing I had not noticed until like this watch through is that the wound glows purple. Yes. Why does it glow? I don't know. And like, I have so many questions. Nobody in his life seems to notice that he has glowing purple wounds. No, nobody in his life seems to notice he has glowing purple wounds. Now his parents suck. So I guess that's reasonable. They're trying their best, I suppose. Are they? Eh, eh. Yeah. So, you know, everything is made of monsters. The alpha is like scratching it at Jackson's neck and we're like, ah, what's going on? And then the alpha like turns around and freaking books it out of the movie rental store and smashes through the glass and runs right past Miss Lydia Martin. Mm-hmm. And I was reminded in this moment that this is the first interaction between the alpha and Lydia. It mm. will not be their last interaction. Nope. <laughs> Those two are about to become real good friends. And I had a lot of feelings about that. Define friend. They become intertwined. There we go. <laughs> Is that a better word? Yes. Yeah, they, they definitely become intertwined. But my notes <laughs> say, I'm like, oh, yes, this is the start. There, there we go. Yep. She is also holding her phone. She is also holding her phone because she was taking some sweet selfies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty wild cold open. These aren't really cold. Well, I guess they are cold opens. I keep waffling on that. But yeah, it's a pretty intense opening to the episode, which doesn't necessarily carry through the momentum of the rest of the episode. 
No, it doesn't. Yeah, we got no. like an alpha and a dead guy and two witnesses. And then <laughs> then we have the rest of the episode. So, But it does mean we have two characters who have now seen more supernatural shit within the main group of Teen Wolf. And or who will at least... Start- And we'll start to kind of unravel how do people start to react to things they can't explain, Mm -hmm. who handles it better than others, Mm -hmm. what are the kinds of patterns of teenagers about seeking help and hiding things, and how does that kind of affect the rest of your life. And even in – so like we – after after the cold open and the titles flash, we get some Stilinski family feelings because Styles and his dad, the sheriff, are hanging out in the car. Yes. Now I'm gonna butt in here. Oh man. It's I'd like you to just take a moment and it's 2015. Let's say it's 2015 or 16, and you are reading a let's just say a steric fic, and it features Papa Stilinski. Yeah. And he is indulging in some fast food. Yeah. Is it canon or fanon that he prefers curly fries? Papa prefers curly fries. Hell yeah. And this is the episode. And this is the episode. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's canon that Styles is worried about his dad's health. Yeah, it is. That is also canon. But what is not necessarily canon is Styles' obsession with curly fries. Correct. We see him like shoveling food into his face, but he's a 15-year-old boy and Mm -hmm. that makes total sense. I think if it had been mozzarella sticks or onion rings or (laughs) a hot dog, it would have all kind of been the same. Anything Anything deep fried is going down. Anything on the Sonic menu is just going straight into that tummy. Mm -hmm. But it's the sheriff in this scene who is like, Mm -hmm. if I want the curly fries, he establishes like a... Yes. He has staked a claim on a swirled potato. And I was like... He's right. He's correct. Curly fries are pretty good. I just thought it was funny that this early on, there's like two minutes dedicated to the sheriff eating curly fries and being like, these are mine. Get the fuck out of my face. And in the Kurt and Bert Hummel father-son duo trope that the son cares more about his dad's health than the father does. Yep. Mm -hmm. I was like, I've seen this before. And that's a theme that will carry through the series. Yes. Yes, it is. For sure. So, you know, they're in the cop car and the speaker kind of goes off and Styles immediately reaches for it. And you have to, like, I'm just sitting there going, how often have you been in this car Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you think you're allowed to pick up police equipment? (laughs) Because his dad smacks his hand away. I know. And we learned that, like, Styles... Styles knows all the codes and he's like being like a curious little pumpkin. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, you have been so interested in this your whole life, haven't you? Yes, he has. That feels canon to me. Yeah, I I, I think it's canon that he he hangs out in the squad car with his dad when he should be doing homework. Yeah. Or anything else in his life. And also that it's canon that he knows all of the police codes and probably did when he was eight. Probably. But yeah, so any... Continue on with the fic that those things are true. Yep. Yep. So it turns out that there's a possible murder. And so the two of them might pull up the parking lot where Styles notices that Lydia is sitting in the ambulance and Jackson is having a lot of feelings directed at the sheriff. Okay. Pause. Why did dad not take his son home instead of taking him right to a murder scene? Or just, like, drop him off on the side of the fucking road. Like, get the fuck out of here. You know you cause problems. But no, I'm going to take you to a murder scene. That's a great question. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I I look at the reactions of Jackson and Lydia after Jackson having seen the body and having dealt with the alpha and Lydia having seen the alpha and the way that the two of them are processing that particular traumatic event. Yes. Jackson is taking it out. He Mm -hmm. is lashing out. He is getting angry. He's getting a little bit violent. He's going out. Lydia is going in. Yes. Nothing has happened. I've seen nothing. I've done nothing. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Mm -hmm. And we'll get a little bit of that later, but it doesn't help that she's like a little bit medicated. But I think as we kind of look towards their arcs in the next few seasons, like looking at how they both kind of process that trauma is really interesting. 
Yeah, and it feels very true to their characters, too. For sure. Kind of in, in an ongoing fashion. And probably from their upbringings, too. Mm-hmm. Just think, I'm just thinking kind of ahead to their parents and how their parents react to the teachers. They don't process emotion terribly health, healthfully, healthily. Healthfully. Health, healthfully. 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 They, they are also 16. They are 15, also 16. 16. 15, 16. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't stumbled across a dead body. So. No. Me neither. Whew. Thank God. So there's a lot of cacophony stuff on the ground. Styles ends up like causing a little trouble and everyone's kind of distracted. And then we like pan up just a smidgen, not mm-hmm. super out of the way. Just a little. And we see these two nice boys standing on a rooftop. Okay, where these no are the one, worst fucking detectives Where no on one Earth. can see you on the top of the roof. <laughs> guys. Nobody guys, looked up? Does nobody look up? Has no one looked? <sighs> Deep sigh. So we definitely, definitely have some Scott and Derek, some Skerrick really taking shape here. Scott talking to Derek. Derek explaining to Scott. Derek's canon line, we're predators. We don't have to be killers. Mm-hmm. Which I think he ends up getting from his mom. I it feels right. Or I is don't it Fanon? Ooh, Fanon or Cannon? Take note, Cannon, because this line comes from Derek. But my greater memory says that that comes from Talia. But that a also a hundred percent may be a Fanon thing. I'm writing this down. I'm taking note right now. Yep, Fanon or Cannon? Does Derek Fanon or Cannon? But like I can definitely see Scott and Scott and Derek kind of taking shape as their relationship builds, and they're starting to trust each other a little bit, a little bit, just, just a little bit, which we love. Mm-hmm. And then of course the magical glowing spiral of revenge on the roof. Okay, again, is that visible or is it not visible? Did these two fucklechucks just not notice this? Like, what is this? I don't know. Did they put that there? Who put that? So the alpha definitely puts it there. Like right, he's the what- one doing all those things. But, like, my yes. only guess is because, like, sometimes the alpha, like, carves things into, like, wood or he'll do, like, the fingerprints in the glass or whatever. Yeah. But this almost feels like something that we couldn't have seen. Well, there's, like, before it glows purple, it's dark. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, like, Did he just, maybe like, the roof is, like, is that what that was? <laughs> I don't know. And if you peed on the roof, then obviously they would have been able to tell. You would think. Yeah, that one I was like, did they? Ha- okay, they're terrible werewolves if they did not notice this. Like, come on, my dudes. It's very upsetting. But yeah, so they're chilling, chillaxing on the roof, talking strategy because they want to find out why he's killing, which is starting to get a little repetitive, I think. Like, we we know what you, you don't have to keep telling us that. We, we know that that's what you want to do. We got. So they go back to the Hale house with my favorite. I think, quote of the episode, Scott goes, I have a life, dude. And Derek goes, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I love this. I like me and Derek. Well, they're both wrong. And they're both right. They're just yeah. like, because Scott, I, I saw a post today on the internet that like, I keep thinking about when it comes to Scott. He's got the teen side of his life and the wolf side of his life. Mm-hmm. And Derek has always been both. Yeah. They're integrated. Scott is really finding a split between them. And so he's like, I have so much going on. And Derek's like, you have nothing going on because none of it is relevant to what's important. And Scott's like, no, 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 no. I have a lot of things that are really important to me. They just don't have anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. And it's Scott trying to keep that balance, which for like a high school kid who didn't have supernatural scary things going on is really, really hard. Yeah. And the two sides of Derek aren't sides. They just are who he is. They just are who he is. He is both a man and a wolf, like, at the same time. And he always has been. Yeah. So he doesn't really, at least his character doesn't really seem to see much of a difference between the two of them. Mm -hmm. So I have another fanon or canon. Well, it's not so much fanon or canon. It's more like, did the writers write this down for season two or nah? Okay. So Derek keeps talking to Scott about, like, the alpha wants you to kill with him Mm. like to to become part of his pack Mm -hmm. does this like murdering together rite of passage thing like continue i literally wrote this down too i wrote this down i was like does derek do this with his pack and i was i don't think it does i don't think no i don't think so no don't know where this has come from but like no no yeah part of (laughs) i mean i don't want to retcon it just for us 
Again, I think this could be a season one issue where they were like, let's throw some ideas at the wall and see what yeah, sticks. And see what sticks. This did not stick because as far as I can recall, and you've, I think you've clearly seen this more than I have because I have not rewatched much. This does not happen again. There is no like, hey, Boyd and Erica, get the fuck out there and do some killing. Murder. <laughs> like, no. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Liam, murder. Like, no. Yeah. They are not out there rogue killing with Derek for giggles. No, they're really not. And everyone works really, really hard so that that doesn't happen. Right. Like, that that's, that scene is a bad thing for everybody. Yes. So I think this is an idea that did not take yeah. and they just pretend never happened. I think so, yeah. And also, think about the pack dynamics. Hmm. Ding, ding. <laughs> if you're out there trying to build a pack... You've got to be a really bad leader if you're either like, okay, you have to kill with me or I'm just going to kill you. Then you have to keep like rebuilding your numbers. That's yeah, not sustainable. That's not sustainable. It's really not. The plot of that did not work out for them. And I think they just dumped it. We could be wrong and maybe it'll like pop back up again in season five. And I Maybe. I don't think so, though. I don't think so. And another little nugget of wisdom from my firstborn son, Derek Hale is the pain is what keeps you human. So really talking about the ways that they keep a hold of their humanity and their ability to control the wolf when under stress. Mm -hmm. And not like Derek knows anything about pain, but that text post I read earlier today was talking about Scott really kind of taking this message to heart and the way that throughout the series, he internalizes so much of the pain and suffering that comes to him. And instead of lashing it out when he could be like attacking things or like killing an enemy or doing whatever, he reflects it back on himself in order to keep control of his own, mm -hmm. of his own heart, basically. Mm -hmm. And so Scott really takes this, takes this lesson. <laughs> Maybe takes it too seriously. Oh, poor Scott. Yeah. He just, that poor boy needs a hug. He goes through so much. Oh my gosh, they yeah. all do. They really do. It's not a great life any of these kids have. No, it's really not. Teen, <laughs> there's, you know, a lot, in a lot of these kind of supernatural fantasy stories, the protagonist, you're kind of meant to like put yourself in their shoes and kind of be like, man, wouldn't that be cool if that happened to me? Like, what if I got my Hogwarts letter? I want that. I want my Hogwarts letter. I want to be sorted into a house and have magic. All throughout Teen Wolf, I'm like, don't you fucking dare turn me into a werewolf. Yeah, no, this is all full of monsters. Like, I'm no, 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 no. I don't want this shit at all. Or even even with the Twilight books, like, don't fucking introduce me to these dickbags. I don't want to know part. these guys. I don't want to be caught up in their bullshit. Nah. But maybe that's just getting old where you become the parents in the story where you're like, these teenagers don't know shit. Well, speaking of getting caught up in the bullshit, we are then introduced again to Kate trying to reconcile with Allison, trying to apologize for her mm -hmm. behavior. Yes. <sighs> Buying her love wrong. with a birthday present. With a birthday present. And it's it's a necklace with like the Argent family crest on it. And Kate puts it on Allison like she's being knighted. Yes. Like I'm like, yeah. look at this. I'm like, have you been crowned? Is this like your initiation into the family business? Mm -hmm. It kind of is, though, isn't it? Like, Yeah, and it kind of is because Kate is the one who is like, at this point, Allison, we learned today that her, her she's 17. This is her 17th birthday. And Kate decides kind of without her father's knowledge that Allison's old enough to know what we do for a living. She's old enough to know. To know the family business. To know the family business. It's about time she, she got in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not – I feel like that's not her place to do. No, but as we established last episode, Kate is a chaotic whirlwind of a human person who does what she wants. Yes, she is. Yeah, it gives her a family heirloom locket with a symbol in the middle and it's like, Google it. How are you going to Google a, an image? Reverse Google image search. Did reverse Google image search exist in 2011? I don't know. Is Alice going to take a picture of that with her Nokia flip phone? With her potato phone? I don't know. She'll have to use her brains and figure it out. She I'm just going to hit the books in the library. Yeah. Like that's Hermione. Where, that's where information used to come from. The good old days in the library. The good old days in the library. Is this the first time that we know the exact age of a character? I believe so. Cool. 
So Allison opens her locker and she's like, oh, I just want a regular school day. And then all the balloons come out because who is her best friend? Lydia Martin, who Lydia. pays attention. Yep. Allison is uh, terribly embarrassed that she is 17 and not 16. Like everybody else. Like everybody else. And Scott, what is it? People, a sweet baby angel. Is that the right? Sweet baby angel face. He correctly deduces that she had to repeat a year because of all the moving around. And this really gets to Allison's heart because most people assume it's because she is dumb or had a baby. So she's really, really moved by that assumption, that correct assumption. And that's when Scott offers to skip class for her birthday. Don't be here with everyone making crappy assumptions about you on a day that's supposed to make you feel good and happy. He's got a good heart, this kid. In this instance, I am the Allison. I never skipped class. So the only time I've ever skipped class, I did so with my mother's permission. (laughs) She called me out (laughs) for a sick day to paint my bedroom at home. Mm, Nice. It was very fun. Yeah, I had a perfect attendance. Thank you. Thank you very much. Something to brag about? No, hard pass. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. This introduces us to a very long stretch of this episode of Scott and Allison wandering through and making out in the woods for her birthday. It is adorable. It is also kind of boring. In our ending segment, we'll get to some, you know, this is a great scene for gifting. The whole thing. The whole thing is beautiful and amazing. But plot wise. Plot wise, it's like 12 minutes in a 42 minute episode of like, <laughs> like the season has 13 episodes, right? 12? 12? Yeah. TikTok, motherfuckers. Let's go. <laughs> We're running out of time. So, you know, they go off to go not be at school and we find the rest of our intrepid band of heroes in class because they're in high school. So Styles is just desperately trying to not run out of chemistry class because he hates Mr. Harris and Mr. Harris pretty clearly hates him. Mm-hmm. And a question I have for the writers in wherever they are, hopefully being very happy, how big of a character were they planning to make Mr. Harris? Ooh, because yeah. he this is like the second time he gets like the scene, like the screen all to himself. He has these little monologues. He very clearly is building an antagonistic relationship with Styles, like in kind of a foil to Coach. Mm-hmm. And Coach has a much bigger role than Mr. Harris ever does. But they're set up in kind of a similar way. And I just, we learned some stuff about Adrian Harris a little bit later, kind of throughout the seasons. And we're like, huh, okay, that came, it feels like it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious how much involvement they were planning on for Mr. Harris. Yeah, that's a good question. Because they set him up in like this scene and the one a couple episodes ago that he has a little more meat to his story. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so. I wonder if, because I tie all things back to Glee. Yeah. If it was kind of realizing that or thinking that a TV show about the teenagers and the students and the kids shouldn't rely too heavily on the adult characters and actors. So kind of pulling back in a way from the parents, the teachers, especially in the school, because like so much of Glee's problem is spending time with Mr. Shu. Right. Right. Like no one cares about you and your problems like you are not the main character here and like emma's adorable but stop and if you introduce so we already have coach who is like a fun little weirdo person off to the side who makes fun jokes at the expense of students which is maybe troubling but you've got that like we have a teacher to kind of point to to be an adult in the room if you've got mr harris or just harris who is the end antagonist who starts to get all of his own storylines throughout what at least season one and two i'm sure it's into season three right yeah it's into season three then the story really starts shifting away from the teens in teen wolf and maybe they were thinking it was too much with the adults being a focus i don't know it's just a i've got a theory maybe because i'm looking at the teachers and i'm looking at the parents So it's like we really end up only focusing on one adult from each kiddo's household. Mm -hmm. We end up focusing on the sheriff and Melissa and Chris. And then there's Deaton and Coach. 
And all mm-hmm. the, and like, and Lydia's mom a little bit, but that's in later seasons. Right. But like, even from each scenario, we really only pick one adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was just a thought, like maybe, maybe they were thinking, all right, well, let's not spend too much time on the adults given the restraints of every episode. I don't know. Yeah. And honestly, I if I'm remembering this at all correctly, I feel like as the show goes on, they just spend less time in class. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. I feel like they spend a lot more time like at lacrosse. We haven't been to lacrosse in like three episodes. I know. We spend a lot more time at practice. We spend a lot more time like in the hallway. Yes. Spend a lot more time not in school at all. But we spent a lot more time not in school at all. And so I think like even if they were planning on doing something, they've just like moved away from school and we're still in like the school activities Mm -hmm. and we're still like in class. We're just folk. We're just we just no longer look at the teachers. Yeah. Which, you know, is always an interesting. I can't think of the right word. All I can think is translation. (laughs) It's not the right word, but as a show grows and changes and it loses the original setting where it was like, this is in a school, it's in McKinley, it's in Beacon Hills High, it's wherever it starts. And then suddenly it's not. And you're like, but suddenly it's in New York, suddenly it's in the woods. And you're like, okay, but these are still high school seniors who do have to go to class. And if one of the central theses of Teen Wolf is that they're struggling with being a kid yeah. with school and friends, well, actually, none of them have friends outside of each other, but right. struggling with being trying to graduate and learn things and, and go on and, dates and yeah, you still have to put them in class. Like you still have, they have to pass tests, they have to read books, they have to do things that reminds the audience that they are. St- struggling with these two sides of the equation yeah which is hard to it's hard to accomplish in 42 minutes an episode it sucks and it's hard to accomplish like just as a person yeah like i don't think i have ever worked so hard in my academic career except for that one time in college i had a semester that i was like working pretty much mm, 30 hours a week and taking a full class load Mm, hard pass on that that was hard that semester was real real hard but like high school, especially like sophomore through senior year, were some of the hardest, most intense years of my life to date. Mm-hmm. Just with the quantity of things I was doing and the amount of brain power it took to do each of those things. Like I can't even begin to imagine throwing, you know, you're a werewolf on top of all of that. Like, oh right. my God. But we have a, a very big and exciting and important thing that happens in the chemistry classroom. Jackson comes back and is real, real, real nervous. Harris is trying to support him in the best way that he can. And so Styles knows that he can't go to Jackson. He pokes the chair in front of him and goes to Danny. Yay, Danny. Yay, Danny. We love Danny. And starts asking like, hey, like, has Jackson told you anything? Like, was Lydia in homeroom? And Danny's trying real hard to be like, first of all, shut up. And second of all, no, every like he won't tell me what's going on. Lydia wasn't here today. And then he comes in with a question. Bisexual Styles, number three. Do you yep. find me attractive? Mm-hmm. Styles. Styles. Sir. A totally normal thing that straight boys ask. It's a totally normal thing that straight boys ask. Speaking of totally normal things that straight boys do, we then move into like the locker room after things. <laughs> and Jackson is very clearly still traumatized. Yes. Um, and... <laughs> So he like thinks that he sees the alpha eyes and he's like backing up all scared. And it turns out to be some kid's headphones. And then he turns around to find Derek. Mm-hmm. So you have a scared and shirtless Jackson pressed up against the locker. And then Derek just so close. Yes. This is the Ryan Murphy school of naked boys in a locker room. <laughs> this is just like, wow. Yeah. My note on this is why is this so homoerotic? And this is like, and as you know, people who sit in my steric kingdom of fanfic this is not the first time that derek does there this is not the only time that derek does this sure isn't derek makes a habit in fact out of like intimidating mostly like boys yep a little younger than he is in this particular way and it's just like wow wow he's got a 
kink? I guess. But this is the first time that we start to get the hint and understand that Derek can hear heartbeats. Yes. There's like a dun, 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 in the background noise. Yes, he can. He can tell when someone is lying based on their heartbeat. Check the episode title. The tell. Yep. And so then, you know, Derek doesn't get what he's looking for and then leaves and Jackson's still feeling a lot of feelings. We immediately jump to Scott and Allison in this beautiful autumn forest. They're so cute. They're so cute. They're so cute. I love them both so much. They are, and it moves zero plot. It moves zero plot, but they are together and soft and cute and supportive and making jokes with each other, and they're just... Oh my god, it's so cute. It's so cute. Also, in this moment, let us give a shout out. Allison is in the official Hail Pack Leather Jacket. Yes. So... Congratulations, it's a new member of the pack right now. Kaboom. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know it, but she is. She doesn't know it, but. She is on the wrong side, however. She is slowly getting indoctrinated. We also have a Styles lydia scene. In their first real interaction? I guess it counts, even though she's never going to remember it. She's completely spaced and basically completely drugged out. as a. St- she's being treated as a stupid, vapid sex kitten. I just, ma'am. I really hate this scene for her. I really hate this scene. I hate everything about it. I hate, I hate it. I hate it. To cope with having seen what she saw at the video store, she is like high on Valium, I'm assuming, or some sort of shit. Something. When Styles shows up at her house to check on her because he's a good person. He's also super into her. So wants, he's playing a, a double game here, I think, of wanting to check up on her, but also I think wanting to find out what she knows about the alpha yeah for sure we do get the great line of what the hell is the styles we do love that love it but also it kind of hurts a little bit because she doesn't recognize him him. doesn't know him we get this kind of intimation from her that she did see something but she is in fact too high to be able to explain anything to styles that's of any use heartbreakingly she tells styles to stay but it's only because she thinks he's jackson and then she passes out a lot of shots here in the boob zone it's very uncomfortable and i hate i hate it she's in like the shortest of 90s like her parents couldn't even just put her in some sweatpants like what the fuck yeah it's a whole thing one of the things i really appreciated in her little like i saw monologue in that little space there's a little bit of a hint that she might be really good at being spooky Mm, mm -hmm. just with like the way that her face kind of goes a little slack and her eyes kind of go a little slack in the way she moves around. She proves kind of in this moment that if that's a direction they want to go, she can do it. Yeah. And I really appreciate that for her. So at one point, Allison, who's in the forest, is texting Lydia. So Lydia's phone lights up and like makes a little noise. So Styles picks up her phone and because I guess Lydia has been like watching this video all night of like the scary alpha beast or whatever, Styles plays the video on her phone and sees the capture of the alpha jumping out of the window of the video store. Mm-hmm. Speaking of first encounters, this is the first encounter between <laughs> Styles and the alpha. <laughs> not not the last. Not not the not last. Not the last. <laughs> not the last. So Styles yeah. went to go support Lydia. Sorta, and comes away with evidence. But what is he going to do with that evidence? Is he going to make a good choice? I don't know. He makes decent choices. Eh, yeah. Speaking of decent choices. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is this oh, is this Kate in the Hale House? It's just Kate in the Hale House. Kate gets some some friends and goes to go hunt down Derek. What a nice <sighs> thing to do. I hate her so much. <laughs> I do in this moment too. I really do. So I do love that he is iconically working out with his pull-ups shirtless, <laughs> slashing his tattoo. And the push-ups I think are really yeah. peak because it's like he, he's doing like push-ups and he's like, you know, the poof of air out of his nose is like blowing dust across the floor. Mm-hmm. Very artistic. And then it's like, duh, duh, stops cold. I hear yep. someone <laughs> like, sir. This man should be renovating and instead he's doing shirtless push-ups. He's just doing like shirtless pull-ups. How is he doing pull-ups when the door frame is burned? I... uh, Sir. (laughs) He's also doing the kind of pull-ups where his fingers aren't even hooked fully around the frame. He's got his fingers just like in a little crevice like he's a mountain climber. Like, my God. (laughs) Sir. 
your grip strength. Jesus. Your grip strength is outstanding, but what are you doing? Whew. So we learn a lot about Kate and the the ways she does things and the reasons she does things. Because she's a sociopath. She's a sociopath. But one of the guys that's with her makes like a dog joke and she goes, really? A dog joke? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she won't make a dog joke. She won't make a dog she, joke. She will mock the death of his sister to his face. Yeah. That, that's um, the line. No no dog jokes, but we'll say how she was brutally hacked to bits to pull him out like, of the woods. Howled like a bitch when we cut her in half, like, <laughs> ma'am! Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So Derek starts attacking the red shirts. But they go down fast. They go down fast, but Kate gets him with the taser stick. She's got a cattle prod. She, yeah, it's a, like, Derek, you should know better. Because she's like, oh, you were never good with electricity or fire. Like, Derek, have you done the electricity thing before? Shouldn't you know better? That does intimate that she has, or someone has hit him with this before. Before. When he was, what, 13? What oh, the fuck? That's what, the, that's, what my, that's what my math says. Like, yeah. <gasps> yikes. Then she starts, like, being gross, Kate, where she's like, this one grew up in all the right places. I don't know whether to kill it or lick it. Like, stop, stop it. <laughs> my notes say Kate being sexual and gross. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I have talked about this particular Tumblr post before, and I'm going to talk about it now. And I cannot let me remember who it was. So if it was you, I love you and thank you. But one of the things that someone has pointed out is a thing that just we think about Derek as being this like big grown adult, but that in reality, he's just a kid. He's a Mm. little bit of an older kid, but he's Mm -hmm. 19, maybe 20, maybe. Yeah. And it's in this scene. So we see a lot of him in the like dark jeans and the big Henleys and the big like shoulders and you know his leather jacket. In this scene, he is wearing beat up sneakers. Like these are his like old beat up basketball sneakers that he was probably wearing in high school. He's just a baby. He's just a baby. Like every time we are like tr- we're, we're trying to like build him into this like big, strong, tough guy. I totally know what's happening. I'm totally in control. And it, like, when in reality, he's just a kid. He is. And he tries so hard. He tries so hard. One of my questions throughout this scene, do we think that Derek has seen Kate since the fire? I don't know. And I also don't know if Kate has seen Derek because she was like, this one grew up. Like, so yeah, you haven't seen him since up. he was 13. Yeah. So what were you doing to him when it was their turn? Yeah, it's a great question. Because Derek's face in this scene has always kind of confused me. Like, why are you just like kind of shaking and staring at her with like big wide eyes? Shouldn't you be angry? Shouldn't you be like whatever? But I don't think he has seen her since the fire. I don't think so either. So it's been six years. Yeah. Since this like specter from his past has shown up. That's the impression I have. Yikes. Big yikes. Mm -hmm. So in the apparently the Boy Meets World scripts used to say, according to Pod Meets World, which is the thing that I'm currently binging, there's something in the script called an optical flip. (laughs) So this isn't an optical flip, but it feels like an optical flip because we go from Kate being sexual and gross to a montage of Scott and Allison in the woods. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're like, wow, that tone just shifted. I shut my brain off during their scenes. (laughs) They're so cute. I love them. And it had no bearing to the plot. Other than it was adorable. I also just didn't like the cutting between them. I was like, we need to stick to one story here. Like, there's too, it's too intense between Kate and Derek to cut to the lovebirds in the woods. Yeah. And then it also looks like we cut from the lovebirds in the woods to Styles trying to get a hold of Scott. Yes. Because Styles has stolen Lydia's phone. Yeah. And is like trying to figure out what to do with the video of the alpha. Yes. Well, I mean, that's fair. They've been trying to get confirmation and footage of this thing for a few episodes now. So it's tempting. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I also, he just, he deletes it. and He I, does delete it. Which and is... I have a lot of questions. Does he delete it because he thinks it's going to be good for Lydia's mental health? Like, does he delete it to protect the alpha or to protect Scott and Derek about like werewolves? Like, I think he deleted it for Lydia. But it does raise questions like, she's been watching it. She's gonna she sober up and be like, where's that fucking video? Where's that fucking video? I, I, I had it. I swear I had it. 
Yeah. I didn't make it up. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Can't. can't now he's going to be gaslighting her. Like, there's oh. no video. Yeah. Speaking of gaslighting. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so Kate is like stalking Derek, like around the burned out shell of his house. And Kate's talking a lot of shit about Laura. And Derek is just like, you know, physically wounded and like full of electricity on the mm-hmm. ground. 900,000 volts. So many volts. And Kate goes, you think I'm lying? And Derek goes, wouldn't be the first time. And I'm just like, what? How many things has she lied to you about? Yeah. she ever told you the truth about anything? Ever. Yeah, what their relationship is is not clear. It's not clear, but it is not good. Mm -mm. No, but she does admit, and he can tell because of her heartbeat, that they did cut up his sister and use her to catch him, use her as bait to catch him. But the Argents were not the one who killed Laura. They found her dead with bite marks on the body. And it was the the Alpha who killed Laura. It was the Alpha who killed Laura. Yeah. Surprise for everyone involved. Horrified looks from everyone in the room. Horrified looks from everyone in the room indeed but this is also when kate realizes that derek doesn't know anything about the alpha either and is like you're useless okay bye yep and pulls out her magical semi-automatic shotgun yeah wherever that fucking thing was hiding (laughs) yeah and tries to put a bunch of bullets in him and he says no and runs away yeah and derek's like running out of the house and running through the woods and she like i'm sitting here watching this and goes She's taken that home away from him twice mm-hmm. because it's not safe anymore. Like it never was, but like it's actively no longer safe. And there's a still scene in the woods where it looks like he's about to cry. I know. And then his whole face steals. He like yeah, physically like sucks it up and is like, my firstborn son, my firstborn son. Poor sad thing. Yep. Yeah. It's been a while since he's had to like fight. Yeah. It's been a while since he's had to fight. Like he and Scott fought, but like really hmm Yeah, it's time now. We also have the sheriff visiting Dr. Deaton at the veterinary clinic to show him stills from the video store about the creature. That is clearly not a mountain lion. I think this whole scene is just to prove to the audience that Dr. Deaton is more than what he says he is. And the sheriff is convinced that Deaton knows something. Yes. And Deaton is trying to run away as fast as he can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's not even very good at hiding. He's just like, I gotta see a man about a dog. <laughs> I have a sick dog. I can run away. Yeah. All right. So parent-teacher conference time. And don't forget, any student under a C has to attend with their parents. So, So clearly, Scott is not there. Clearly, Scott is not there. He and Allison are still having their very adorable montage in the woods. Yep. Because uh, why would you show up to the thing that you need to be at? They all put their phones away. They all turn their phones off. They don't have a, They don't have watches. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be as dramatic if he showed up. It's true. So we get this like huge line of montages that are almost like character one shots about each of their like progress and development. So we learn that Jackson's adopted. We learn that he's doing really well, but he's getting like obsessive and competitive and he's trying to prove himself to someone. And that's, you know, we, then it's intercut with like Jackson trying to practice like really sharp aim with a lacrosse ball and he's got like a, a bottle. So he's once again, very angrily, violently lashing out because of things that he can't control and process. Mm-hmm. Yep, outwards. And then Lydia, with her parents, we learned that Lydia is a freaking genius, that she's she's incredibly intelligent. I'd like to have her IQ tested. Shout out to the actress that plays Lydia's mom. Same lady. What do you mean? So very often in TV shows, like if somebody shows up in the first season, but like, and then they're reintroduced in season four, they're two different actors. Oh, right, right, right. Lydia's mom comes back in like season nice. four or five. Oh, great. And it's the same lady. Perfect. Who I believe is married to the guy who plays the sheriff. Huh. I believe, but don't quote me on that. 
But yeah, I saw her and I was like, oh my gosh, you're still here. That's so good. I love <laughs> this continuity. Yeah. But so that's intercut, of course, with what we see of Lydia. And Lydia is, she's very obviously been crying and her makeup is completely ruined and down. And she's just like desperately trying to kind of wake herself up. And then she she puts on a lot of concealer and covers her makeup and puts on her lip gloss and all of a sudden is perfect again. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I've got this. Yep. Baby. Don't got this. You don't got this. And then speaking of adults that we love, we get the parented comments for Styles with Styles and with the sheriff and coach. All people who don't have names. Yeah. At this point, none of them have <laughs> names. Nobody in this show has a fucking name. Like not in the shot, they don't. Like why? Allison's mom doesn't have a name. None of the people in this shot have a name. I don't think either of Lydia's parents or Jackson's parents have what? names. I don't know if Mr. Harris has a first name yet. Honestly, I don't even know that the vet has a name. I just think that we know that he has a name. Yeah, we know that he has a name. But I don't know if. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure that he was named in the show. It's incredible. So a little bit of fandom. It's not quite fan or canon, but since this episode dropped, we learned from the sheriff that Styles isn't Styles' first name. You named your kid Styles Stalinsky? (laughs) It's just what he likes to be called. A lot like like to be be called called Cupcake. (laughs) Oh, coach. (laughs) Oh, coach. Oh, Cupcake. They don't even say his name. He just points at his file. (laughs) He points at his file. And watching it now... I, for the first time, can actually read the name. Mm. So the fandom, for many years after this was shot, called him Yenim. Mm -hmm. G-E-N-I-M, which is what's on his file. Mm -hmm. We find out, I think it's in season six? It's very near the end. What Styles' first name is, and it is not this. Nope. <laughs> it's not this. Sure isn't. Sure isn't. I don't know Listen, why they changed it or how this whole thing came about. I don't know. I think they changed it because his what they give him as a name is even more Polish. It's awesome. And is harder to pronounce. And I think that they thought that was funnier. Uh, maybe. Or maybe it just gives them more of a reason to have him with a nickname. Yeah. Listen, my family's Polish. The names are rough. <laughs> it's a lot of consonants. Go forth. And they're still so cool. So this is inner shot with the Styles one shot. And Styles somehow has ended up with the police file for the hail fire. Mm-hmm. And he's flipping through it. Eight family members deceased. Suspected arson. Yep. I wonder how he got a hold of that piece of paperwork that he was not supposed to have. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we stop with the one shots and focus in on Mama McCall who is very angry that Scott is not at his chemistry parent-teacher conference like he is supposed to be. But she goes punch for punch with Mr. Harris. Yeah, because fuck that guy. (laughs) Love that for her. My notes say Mama McCall going punch for punch. Go fuck yourself. God, hate that guy. And his misogynistic, like, he's blaming the lack of a male authority figure on Scott's school performance. Yeah, like, it's... Get the fuck out. Get out. Just get wrecked. Just get get out. (laughs) So they're like, Scott just needs a guiding hand. And I'm giggling. I'm like, yes, he does need a guiding hand for all of his werewolf things now. (laughs) Yeah. And then we get in Allison's parent-teacher conference and Mama Argent at the time, she doesn't have a name yet, is defending Allison. We have a great relationship with our daughter. And I'm like, I love how you support her. Mm-hmm. Because that is not always the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in this moment, we love this for her. And so this is kind of like inner shot with Scott and Allison going like, oh, crap, we got to get back to the school. And so all of the kids are coming out and they're all getting screamed at. And then Allison and Scott's parents are having like an angry back and forth. So the fella, the fella, my beloved fella, coming in with the jokes. (laughs) I guess he won't be getting off scot-free. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm so sorry about your impending divorce. (laughs) The fella coming in with jokes. So for those of you who have seen the show, the whole damn thing, might I introduce you to Chris Argent and Melissa McCall in this moment fighting enemies to lovers, 200 chapters. (laughs) Hey, listen, I'm into it. 
enemies to lovers starts right here. I'm down. And then something happens in the parking lot and everyone's screaming and crying and nobody really knows what's going on. And they're running away from a monster. I gotta say, I've seen a mountain lion. These people are like, you guys gotta fucking chill. (laughs) Yeah. People are acting like their lives are over and they don't know what to do. Like the sheriff gets hit by a car. Gets backed over. (laughs) He gets her. He gets hit so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Argent pulls a fucking gun in a crowded situation. From his car. Like, my it's cool. God. I also, just have a gun. I don't know about every state, but I'm pretty sure California, schools are no gun zones. Correct. So this feels like a felony. And I don't know if this was CGI. I don't think it's a practical effect, but boy, look at that mountain lion (laughs) it looked like a rat it (laughs) looks ugly as little it's like if you went to the zoo when you were six and got a plushie of a mountain lion yeah and then carried it around for the next 30 years that's what it looks like i know it's so small too it's not even like it's a small sad 30 year old loved plushie kind of a mountain lion but he shot it in the middle of the street (laughs) Part of me was like, man, let that lion eat something. <laughs> Looks yeah, hungry. He's hungry. And then it ends. They've caught the mountain lion. Yeah. Everyone's looking around at each other, or at least Chris is like, mmm. <laughs> like Chris and Scott are like doing a little like side eye at each other, like, mm-hmm. mm, interesting. Yep. Like, oh, I guess there was a mountain lion. Like, okay. I just I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I have a lot of yep. questions. I did too. Other And also like, with the alpha around, don't you think a mountain lion would also have not come to town? Oh, yeah. Because we learn, like, we saw it in the pilot that the animals were all running away from the alpha. We see it kind of later in the show. If there's like a big spooky supernatural, like the creatures are like, peace. Mm-hmm. I am out. Yeah. So I feel like they wouldn't even be around. No, they would not be around. But yeah, poor mountain lion. Didn't deserve that. And there's like, well, I mean, I haven't got to watch the next episode, but like, what are the consequences of just pulling a gun in a school parking lot and shooting in an open crowd? None? I think for Chris Argent, a well-respected federal arms dealer. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. He is a federal arms dealer. That's true. Your father is a very well-respected federal arms dealer. Like, okay, ma'am. Okay. That seems like a not real job. Seems like a stretch, but okay. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to have to watch the next episode and find out, but yeah. Yeah. Very kind of a weird episode. It's a weird episode. Like, I'm not mad about it, but it was weird. A lot of tonal shifts, a lot of mm-hmm. non-plot action, mm-hmm. a lot of... But, like, at the same time, there was that whole parent-teacher conference shot with, like, the one-shot character developments that mm-hmm. told more about those kids than yeah. the entire rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Like, just really kind of confirmed, like, who they are as people and the things that are and are not important to them or at least in this stage of their development like Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know yeah that was good i liked that and like you know you've got these struggles to balance your identity and your relationships and this backdrop of the supernatural and like that's good that works that really that really really works and the things that you prioritize and when Mm -hmm. but i don't need 12 minutes of two kids in the woods i'm I'm good that that people can write their fanfic for it i'll see the gift sets it's fine. I'll, right. I'll see it online and it'll be so 10 pretty. minutes afterward. It'll be so pretty. Yeah. Just like prioritize what we need to know here. And yeah. So speaking of beautiful gift sets and us being at the end of the episode, it is time for this is the episode you're looking for. <laughs> In this is the episode you're looking for, I go through some of the scenes that you might be looking for if you're making a gift set for Teen Wolf. So if you are looking for... The first interaction between Lydia and the Alpha. If you are looking for the first real, any information on Curly Fries, any <laughs> of the Curly Fries parent events, if you are looking for a little bit of Scott and Derek, this is a great Scott and Derek episode. This is a great Kate Argent episode with the like evil side glances. Mm-hmm. This is the first appearance of the necklace. If you're looking for Derek working out shirtless and like close-ups of his tattoo. And the Triscolet shot, you are looking for this. If you're looking for Derek in the woods, this is this is the episode. Oh, when he turns for. and he's running? Yeah. Yeah. 
This is the episode you're looking for. If you're looking for a compilation of styles being bisexual, do you find me attractive? This is the episode you're looking for. Are you looking for Hailmore? A little bit of Derek and Jackson. Uh, <laughs> this is the episode you're looking for. Kind of the first very early Stidia. This is the episode. Kate and Derek with the cattle prod. This is... Who wants that? Get out of here. This is Styles' first name. If you're looking for very early Chris and Melissa, this is the episode you're looking for. Nice. I like it. And also every, every, every shot of Scott and Allison being adorable in the woods and Scott and Allison being adorable everywhere. If you are looking for a great Scott and Allison episode, this is it. Mm. This is the episode you're looking for. Yes, there's a lot to work with. And they're all so cute. They are cute. It's a very attractive cast. Yeah. They're babes. That was the entire point. It's an MTV TV show. You cannot forget that it is an MTV show. Sometimes I forget. I'm like, is the writing any good? Like, it was an MTV TV show. The people are all (laughs) insanely attractive and the music is great. The plot and the writing doesn't have to be. Nope. It would be nice. It helps. It adds to it. But it's not necessary. That's that's not the point here. Not the point. It's not the purpose. Yeah. It's fun. It's good times. All right. Any final notes before we wrap up? I don't think I have any final notes. I'm just kind of like, got to get into the meat here. <laughs> the meat. Oh. Yeah, just wait. You know, it's this is not halfway of the season, but it's kind of getting into halfway where you, they have to start making plot choices to get to the finale, right? You got to can't have too many loose ends, but you got to leave room for season two. You got to get moving. You got to get grooving with your writing. It's the calm before the storm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to got to put your chess pieces into position and you got to get it moving. Got to get it moving. Well, thank you for listening to Pack Dynamics. We'll be back at you with the next episode. You can find us on the internet, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us at Fandom on the Rocks. And if you want to support the podcast, you can do that at patreon.com slash fandom on the rocks for all sorts of bonus content. And we will see you around. If you have any questions about stuff, you can hit us up hit up slide into the dms i guess it's probably the best way to get into contact with people if you have any fanon or canons for us yes please send those i will fail almost all of them and i'm so excited about it yeah it's been 10 years right more than 10 years so it's like it's a good memory game there's been a lot of fic in the meantime like (laughs) so much fic in the meantime and it's like it's a fun fandom game in the first place to be like did we come up with that or did they come up with that and sometimes we're better which is half the fun yeah so thank you for listening and we will catch you on the dark side of the moon? Oh! You've been listening to Pack Dynamics, a Fandom on the Rocks podcast. For more episodes, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us online at Fandom on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash fandom on the rocks. Subscribers get access to ad-free content, exclusive bonus episodes, deep diving into fandom, and more. So until next time, keep your pack close.